afternoon. Good morning. Welcome to the B2B Marketing webinar channel. My name is Joel Harrison. I'm Editor-in-Chief of B2B Marketing, and I'm going to be your host for today's webinar, which is on marketing ops. And we're asking the question, why now? Or we're making the statement, rather, why now is the time for marketing ops? So we've got a great session in store for you today. Lots of great insights and opinions and thoughts and observations around marketing ops, which is great if you're starting out on your journey with marketing ops or if you're looking to improve in terms of what you're doing. It's a very prescient time and topic, um, and uh, we're looking forward to digging in. I have got um, a, um, a comprehensive list of questions to ask our panelists today, but I'd much rather hear the questions from you guys. So please, whatever point you've got a comment to make, a question to ask, please get them in, use, use the questions tab to ask those things. Simon, Holly, and Andrea, I'm going to get them introduced since they're all, as you can see from their job titles, they're all marketing operations experts. We have an unrivaled, an unprecedented, an amazing plethora. Can I, is that hopeful enough for everybody? Um, a uh, load of expertise around this topic today. So really excited to share that, their, their insight um, with you. Um, before we do that though, just in terms of setting the scene, um, we just thought it'd be quite useful just to kind of, just define terms because, you know, while I'm a journalist, I love putting things into boxes. Um, you know, you, you forgive the deliberate uh, mistake here. You'll, you, the, the more keen-eyed amongst you monks, uh, might have noticed there's a couple of um, letters missing from our, our title here. That's the, it's interesting that this is a MarTech problem we've got three marketing relations people and none of them knew how to fix it so we've failed already in our objections there um but the, this is a definition which you know uh which i think is a pretty robust one for marketing operations and interested to hear if the panel agree with it later on or disagree with it more to the point marketing operations is a broad term that collectively describes the function of marketing organization including people processes and technology enables marketing to operate efficiently and to scale uh, with quality and consistency so it i mean that kind of sets it up as being pretty fundamental um, to, um, to to effective B2B marketing. But one of the problems that we've known, we've identified, and, and um, Simon and Holly are both involved in Propolis, which is our new B2B marketing community, um, and we have a marketing operations and technology hive there. And what we're finding out is that despite the fact that operations has been, is a, um, uh, a very fundamental discipline and a really core thing for being successful, away from being universal. So I guess what we wanted to do explore to help doing this, this webinar was talk about how to be good at it, how to get better at it, what best practice looks like. Well, actually, I'm going to go back to the panel now and introduce them. So um, and before we go on to talk about some, we'll get them introduced themselves. Um, and before we kind of do a couple of polls quickly. So so here's a, you can see the panel hopefully in the video, but here's a, a picture, a lovely picture of them all. Um, I'm going to be terribly unchivalrous um, and un-21st century and ask Simon, who's our one male panelist, to go first, because he's the first, his picture is first here. Simon, tell us a bit about yourself and tell us about um, your role in kind of enabling, delivering marketing operations functions to B2B companies. Sure. Thanks, Joel. Great to be here and uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to, to be part of the discussion. Um, put simply, I'm a marketing operations consultant and and um, I, I don't know whether you, you want me at this point or want us at this point to sort of speak to the definition that you put up at the beginning. Normally, when I'm in introducing myself, I, uh, you know, I do my little spiel as, as to really what marketing operations is, um, which um, I define as, as being everything to do with, uh, certainly as, as you had, um, technology, process, and people. Um, I would build on that and, and talk about data. Um, and um, I, I love a I love a, a three-way, uh, a three you know a three sort of term um, definition. So I can never quite decide whether to say 
data systems and processes or people, process and technology. But anyway, it's some combination of those things. Um, those are the things that I get involved in. Um, and that certainly centers around um, the, the, the core platforms from a MarTech perspective of um, marketing automation platforms and, and CRM, uh, but also uh, web platforms, um, analytics, um, and then crucially, as I say, the, the processes that join all those things together, um, particularly the, the kind of um, capture to convert process of, of the lead funnel and pipeline, um, how campaign execution takes place um, and how measurement um, is achieved and, and ultimately um, the, the, the benefit and return on marketing activity takes place. So th those are all the things that, uh, that, that I get involved in um, and, and would form my overall definition of, uh, of marketing operations, if you like. Okay, Simon, thank you very much indeed. It's great to have you know you, uh, someone who's a passionate practitioner in this area. It's great to have you know a very clear, robust definition from you. Um, I'm going to go to Holly next. Holly, um, tell us a bit about yourself and how does how does the kind of definition I tabled at the beginning resonate, or, or and or you know, are you closer to Simon's or somewhere in between, or something else completely different? Thanks, Joel. Um, so, so uh, like Simon, I'm a a marketing operations consultant or between marketing consultant. I've worked with um, lots of marketing operations teams, but most recently been working in-house for a global tech company as part of the EMEA marketing operations team. So um, in that role, I've been sort of looking after lots of things from ensuring that the right processes in place and tools, day-to-day -day execution, um, helping evaluate new MarTech. And then I've been also been the bridge between the EMEA marketing operations team and the global marketing operations team based in the US. Um, in regards to the definition, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've necessarily got anything else to add. I think it's kind of nice to keep it simple. I think that I agree with Simon's ad that data is such a core part of it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd necessarily add anything else at this stage. I think you could define it so many different ways that it, we could spend the whole of this school just trying to define <laughs> marketing operations. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, maybe that's another webinar we need to schedule. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, great, the great marketing operations definition. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, give, it'll be a, 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 a kind of um, a top of the hit parade, as they say. Uh, thank you, Holly. Great to have you on board for this um, and, and look forward to your observations during the course of the session. And last but not least, Andrea, um, you're a, a consultant, but your um, sojourn is a, is a consultancy, a larger entity. Is that right? Tell us a bit about yourself and, and, and how you work. Yeah, so um, so I'm a consultant um, with um, Sodra Consultants, um, and we focus primarily in marketing operations as well. Um, and um, you know, we look at the mission. You know, similar I know to all of you. You know, how do we help our, our customers to um, to drive and to measure um, to performance? You know, while really aligning you know your internal strategy with your people, your process, your data, your tech. So. Um, when we talk about marketing ops, um, I think you know what what Simon and Holly have said is is you know really a lot of what um, what we would look at um, as well with our with our team of of consultants. I think you know a couple of of things. You know, Joel, you said discipline, and I think that that's you know one of the things that um, that marketing ops helps is to to bring in that process and that governance that isn't necessarily a core strength going way back to marketing. Um, 
And Holly had mentioned, you know, that she in her role, you know, is is a bridge. Um, and certainly I think marketing ops is it's a bridge not only to IT, but also to sales and marketing and all the other you know, functions within an organization um, that need to be singing the same song in order to to really get to those results that we're all looking for. Um, and so marketing helps generally just to corral that um, and make marketing more effective and more efficient. I think at its, at its very core. Um, I want to throw my first question. I'm going to throw it to Holly, even though she said, I don't, don't, please don't feel you need to give me the first question, uh, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this one, Holly, uh, just as your second, and I gave Simon the first go, the last one, which is, you know, we've, we've spoken about this in the past. Um, got helpful with get stacked and we talk has been around for a while and we all and you know we've all agreed that it's fundamental it's plays such a key role and yet it's and yet it's not it's not universal in b2b just yet why do you think that is why is anything is kind of holding mops back um i do, i mean i think it depends on it's different things within different organizations i think that um you know when you look at the us for example i think they're a lot further ahead than we are i think in certain industries as well they're a lot further ahead so I think it comes down to, um, I think it comes down to so many different things. It comes down to budget, whether an organization is, you know, how an organization approaches marketing, how mature they are in their marketing, how many different channels they're, they're dealing with. Um, you know, it's, as a company is um, investing more in marketing, dealing with multiple di different digital channels, there's a greater need for mar marketing operations to support them. Um, you see it a lot more in tech companies, I've noticed, than you do in some other companies. Um, you know, in so many organizations, I've been the marketing operations person, but I've been, my job title has been marketing manager or marketing director or something like that. And I've sort of, you know, straddled a bit, a bit of both. Um, so why is it slow? I think that I... I think that there's also not enough awareness necessarily at senior level outside of marketing that marketing operations is really a thing, that marketing operations is, is required and it's not just within the marketing team that um, they do everything. So uh, it's, it's actually recognition, um, it's an existential problem to a, to a certain extent. Does, you know, uh, mm. does marketing operations even exist? Um, Holly, thank you for that. That's, I mean, that's a very kind of reason, nuanced answer. And uh, Andrea, I, mean, I think that, I mean, the feeling you're based, as you were saying, you're based in the US and the feeling that I have, and you know, I don't know if you have any observations about this, is that given the size and scale of marketing teams in the US, they're possibly more likely to have an op a MOPS function than they are in the UK. But Tell us about how, where, how, how things are in the States and if there are any, if there are any barriers or things which are sort of mops down. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that there are definitely still, you know, there's discrepancy in our client base. Some people say, oh, yeah, I've got mops and we've got large teams of mops, frankly, on both sides of, um, um, of the ocean um, for European um, customers and, and some Asian customers as well. And in the U.S., we do see... Um, we do see mops, but we equally have people who say, I, we can't do mops. That's for big companies. And um, so we, we hear that. And, you know, I would say that hands down, you've got mops, even if it's half of a person, because the minute that you've got, you know, probably marketing automation platform and you've got your website and, you know, if you're hooked into CRM and working with your sales team, you've got an operations function. You just may not have it formally recognized within your team. Um, but I do think that there, that there comes to the point where you, where you do have a breaking point. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, with tech. 
Um, and then likewise, I think with data that at some point in time, um, you reach a breaking point where, you know, someone has to dedicate more of their time to the headspace of the tech rather than the marketing. And at that point in time, you know, particularly with the exponential growth of, um, of the MarTech landscape, you know, it just becomes more complex than the average person can handle while doing their day job of, of marketing. Um, and so at that point in time, we do see whether it's, you know, one person or whether it's one and a half people where, you know, there is that shift to um, figuring out, okay, we need to make sure that we are looking not just from a marketer's lens in terms of, you know, output in a traditional marketing sense, but also in the output of um, looking at the big picture and looking at the efficiency and, and the effectiveness um, with our tool set and with that really critical aspect of our data as well. Simon, what do you think about what Andrew and Holly said? Anything to kind of add to that or anything in reflection to this slide? Uh, is, it, is it kind of, you know, there's this line here, uh, which is um, the kind of fourth option down. Oh, no, the third option, we have someone who manages MOPS, but it's not their title. Um, you know, people, people are MOPS, but they don't know it yet or they haven't acknowledged it yet. You're MOPS and you know yeah. who you are. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think Andrea's got it absolutely on the nail in saying that um, you've, you've got half a person doing it or, or if you've got a marketing automation platform and other other solutions and, and processes, then um, you, you've got MOPS. And I mean, I always say everybody's doing marketing operations, whether you know it or not. Um, if you're doing any kind of, of modern B2B marketing with marketing automation and, you know, outbound um, campaign execution, response capture, uh, digital analytics, um, audience management, that's marketing operations and, and you're, you're doing it whether, whether you know it or not. Um, I think the reason why more businesses haven't adopted marketing operations in the sense of creating a function or a, a role um, is that there's still a perception that MOPS is a, a cost rather than an investment or even a table stake. Um, so to, to carve out that person and say, okay, you know, we're making you responsible for all of this um, and we're going to kind of recognize that headcount in, in the uh, in the cost center and, and so on is, you know, is or seems like a, a, a big move. Um, but as I say, you're pretty much doing it regardless. And the, the benefit of creating the focus um, is, is significant in, in terms of the efficiency uh, that can be brought and um, the, the order out of chaos that a, that a good marketing operations uh, individual or function can bring. Um, so I, I think that's, that's the sort of the perception. Um, I think these results are really interesting. In actual fact, there's there's much more maturity in, in our audience here than than I was expecting. I think, um, in in the sense that, um, you know, well over half have got a marketing operations function, and uh, a, a good chunk kind of recognise someone in that role. Um, but but of course, it's it's that scenario where somebody's doing it, but it's not their job title, um, as Holly was referring to. Um, and, and then also don't have it at all, but, but thinking about it um, is, is obviously where there's still room to, to make that argument that uh, MOPS is, is well worthwhile. So, yeah, and I, I agree, Simon. I think it's, you, know, we, you and I, and, and Holly, to an extent, we talked about this um, a while ago, this webinar and, and where, how to pitch it. And I, and I genuinely thought would be more people further down than at the top. And if you, you know, my advanced mathematics legendary in my business, uh, our, you know, our, our company, I'm reading that as being 55 
70% of people have basically got a MOPS function, whether it's called MOPS or not. Um, and that's and that's pretty good. That, that suggests a degree of maturity in this group, which is really good. So that can allow us to kind of speak to a more mature, more mature audience and around kind of cost versus, in, you know, resource or table stakes. Um, we've got a few questions coming in. Ben Murphy, Ben, thank you. You've got something to a couple of questions, but one kind of plays to this. I thought I'd ask this now. Um, ben asks, does the panel see MOPS having its own budget line in the marketing budget? Uh, they often coordinate activities, budget items like tech stacks, sit with digital marketing or even tech teams. So, Simon, I'd perhaps get you to put, comment on this one first and I'll pick that to the others. Do, do, you, do you see, does, in your experience, does MOPS have its own budget line? Is that the right way to do it? Yeah, certainly in my experience, um, that 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 is the case marketing operations um has uh its own budget and and i would always seek uh if if i were in a marketing operations role or or advising um you know a, a marketing operations head or, or someone creating the function to to do it that way it really makes much more sense for the the martech platforms and you know maybe even things like um uh, audience acquisition or an analytics budgets and so on to, to sit in that central place because then it, it gets managed centrally and you can make much um, much smarter decisions in terms of um, you know just the allocation of that investment and um, uh, decisions around what what platforms are, are used and so on um, so as, as well as coordinating the budget as um, as, as is suggested there actually mops holding a budget makes uh, makes a lot of sense for me yeah and and so the same question then um, i'm going to put that to holly next i mean do you, do, you know is, is this is it is it kind of an only practical way of going forward is it is that a, a facet of maturity that they actually have a budget yeah i think um yeah, so I, I agree with Simon that um, I think that marketing operations should have their own budget, certainly from because of, it doesn't necessarily have to cover off all the marketing tech, but where you're doing things like data enrichment and or orchestration, you know, all the pieces around the, particularly the data. Um, you could argue the marketing automation piece as well and um, a number of other areas. So I would say, yes, they should have their own budget. But the other thing to think about as well is where, Marks operations also, you know, will often need some additional um, agency support, consulting support um, as well. And I think that they need to have the budget to be able to cover that. And that's not necessarily something that's going to come from the marketing team because it's specifically in additional support that marketing operations needs. So I would also sort of argue for that that reason as well. Completely agree. And, and that actually... And that's so thank you, thank you both. And that segues beautifully with Andrea, who obviously comes from a kind of an external agency consultancy perspective. So, uh, you know, how do you how do you work with your clients? Do you well, presumably they're going to need to have their own budget line to employ to employ an agency? It's going to be very hard. <laughs> yes, not thank to. you very How's much. <laughs> yes, we appreciate all of that <laughs> um, for sure. No, I, I totally agree with um, um, with the others that um, you know, what we typically see is that they do have their budget um, because we also see that. You know, a lot of the remit of marketing ops is to make sure that that resources are being used wisely, and you know, getting to that um, that ROA. You know, we've talked a bit around the edges around um, what is the role of marketing ops in terms of um, results measurement. But you know, one of the things that we always are you know driving our, our clients to is how do you get that sophistication in your measurement in order to make sure that your dollars that are being spent are going going appropriately so i think that it's it's quite appropriate that um that mops has its own budget um and you know with the 
with the caveat that they are responsible for making sure that they are, you know, de deploying that budget wisely um, in order to drive the ROI on it. So I'm going to go back to the first question we got, which is from Robert Nicholson from Robert Waters. Hi, Robert. Uh, long time no speak. Robert is talking, actually picking up on something which we're going to um, do a, um, a question. It relates to a question later on about scaling and geography. And I probably wouldn't have asked the I haven't. I've asked the question in a slightly different way, but I'm going to ask it this way. Oh, Robert says, you dive straight in the deep, and I'm looking to set up a MOPS in South Africa and the Philippines. I'm going to go to Andrea on this one first. I appreciate you don't do offshoring, but you're an, you're, you know, you're an, well, I don't know if you do, maybe you do, but you're an agency or a consultancy. So, you know, uh, you're probably, you know, I, I figured you may have a, a view on this. Any thoughts on this at all? Um, <laughs> I think with offshoring, um, uh, absolutely, it can be well done. I think it, um, really is dependent on the leadership within the organization. So it is just absolutely fundamental that you have to have a clear view of what do you want um, any offshore to do for you. And typically what we recommend is that um, people who are looking to offshore have a very clear and honest view of what's going on within their own organization, where are their strengths and where are their weaknesses. And, you know, look at where are you in terms of, you know, particularly in a B2B environment, where are you in terms of um, sales and marketing alignment? Um, what's the state of your data? Um, all of those underlying foundations, what are your processes, you know, what, what's your tech? Figure out where your weaknesses are and then be very, very clear with what do you want an offshore agency to help you with? Because we want to make sure that as we're setting up marketing ops and we're looking to become more efficient and more effective, that we are keeping that, that very high quality in mind. And so to be very clear with what is the, um, what is the purpose that you're looking for offshoring, what's the level of quality, um, and making sure that you're just particularly engaged that just because you're you're sending it out of house, it doesn't matter which badge is performing the work. You want to make sure that you know exactly where that work fits into your grand grand strategy. Okay, thank you, Andrea. I think that sounds like very wise words. The quality issue is is probably always going to be always going to be a concern, but danger of being invisible with something like the, on the technology side of things. Simon, have you ever done any? Have you got any observations about this in your career? Um, yeah, for me, this is an interesting question because it actually comes back to the definition of marketing operations. Um, what this sounds like and, and talking about offshoring um, starts um, making me think more about a, what, what I call a kind of production uh, marketing operations um, as opposed to an operating marketing operations, if you like, or, or maybe a building marketing operations. So if you've if you've got or you're looking at a team uh, perhaps to do in, in your marketing automation platform campaign setup and, uh, and build an execution or um, analytics, um, aspects of data management, um, other things like that that are kind of production orientated. You know, um, you, you could imagine a, a ticketing system with a, with a, a queue of, of requests to, to, to do this, that and the other. Then it, it clearly, on the face of it, makes sense to, to offshore, get, get the cost savings perhaps and, uh, and, and access to, uh, to, to the skills to do that. Um, I, I personally don't have a great deal of experience of, of, uh, of operating in that model. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen it work to uh, to a certain extent and really 
building on everything Andrea just said, um, you, you, you've got to to be thinking about quality and um, and and how you manage that that process when it's at arm's length. Um, that introduces its own challenges. Um, but it, but if it is a, a, a tight and knit, um, more what, what I call pure play marketing operations team that's focused on uh, the kind of build. Um, and advise and um, and and drive uh, the, the go-to-market teams who are doing more of those activities themselves in terms of campaign campaign build and execution. Then um, it, it probably doesn't make sense because you're not going to get the benefits, and you're just going to get the downsides of of kind of remote control, if you like. Thank you, thank you, Simon. I can I appreciate your points there, and uh, yeah, and I'm going to push it on to Holly, and I guess that. Um, picking up from what Simon was saying, you know, if one, we, we kind of established that one of the things that marketing operations should and could be doing is providing this bridge between other functions. Is it, I mean, I'm guessing it's kind of harder to be a bridge if you're um, thousands of miles away potentially in a quite culturally different environment. Um, it would, that would seem like a, yeah, not, not, an, not, an, not an easy bridge to bridge, easy place to bridge. What do you think about that? Is that, is it, is it, that, is that going to help or hinder that, that if that's an objective for you? I think it's well. I mean, you've got to have um, a clear communication structure in place. You've got to regularly communicate with the group. They've got to be, I think, like an extension. It works best when they are treated as an extension of your team. Um, so, you know, if you're working with an offshore agency, you know, you're hiring them based on quality, but your internal processes will change regularly and things like that. And you're going to need to make sure that um, you, you know, you're constantly communicating to make them successful. Um, and it's yeah, it's regular check-ins. Whilst they could get on with the work, if you know, if you're thinking about the type of work that Simon mentions, you know, it's often it's quite production-based um, work. Um, you know, they can you know that they can do that. You're hiring them because they can do that. But you've got to keep that those lines of communication um, strong. Um, otherwise, there is no bridge. I mean, that's that's the bridge. I, I guess this is less more a comment from me rather than a question, but I guess if there's one function in your marketing team which should be well-placed to build processes that are robust to allow that, it should be the marketing operations team because that's what they all do. But just because that's what it's set up to do doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily easy um, hanging. Um, and I'm going to go to the poll results from um, this question, which is uh, what's your role? Um, and um, so interesting you can see, here, again, the, the largest group are marketing ops um, Professionals, managers, still quite a high proportion of people who are, are heads of. And then again, I think another synopsis is not my job title. So I think, I mean, I'm going to flip this one to Simon again. But this, this broadly seems to kind of conform to our probably our expectations around the nature of the universe, doesn't it? Yeah, I think based on the, the previous question, this this uh, is is to be expected. Um, and, and again, it's it's good to see um, a, a good good representation of um, mops professionals, um, pr presumably um, sort of single contributors, perhaps. Um, but but also, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty heartened to see that there are um, you know mops leaders with, with perhaps slightly more senior positions and and teams that um, that form a natural marketing operations function. Um, which is is good to see that that's that's taking place uh, within within organisations. But obviously, um, there's still a lot of people that just just as we've been discussing are, are doing marketing operations, even though it's not their job title. Um, and I think um, 
hopefully this discussion will will be of, of, of use to them um, and, and clearly it's it's where support needs to be provided um, for, for people for whom it's not their their main thing I guess and thank you Simon that, that makes perfect sense it's helping them make them make that transition and acknowledge their destiny to to, um, to possibly their destiny they want a, a route that their, their profession could take them um, I mean, just to, to, to Simon's point, Holly, around, um, you know, 16 percent of people are MOPS leaders. So these are people in, you know, uh, I mean, you know, in, in the same way that uh, this is this feels quite encouraging if you're if you're looking to celebrate the success of it as a function going forward. Um, uh, yeah, I guess if if, you know, ops, MOPS as a as a as a as a kind of a function is still embryonic, um, you would expect them. You might expect there not to be too many people who are senior in this area. So this this looks looks quite positive. What, how do you read it? Do you think that's a good, a good thing that there's this number of heads of people? Or do we do we want? Do we, should we expect there to be more? Um, I mean, I th yeah, I think it's positive. I don't know. You know, when we look at sort of the overall statistics, I don't know what that looks like. I'd love to know what that looks like. I, in fact, it's interesting because. Gartner ran a, um, a MOP survey, 2020 MOP survey, where they found that 49% of businesses that they surveyed did have a marketing operations leader. So I do think that there are some really positive um, trends, and I think it would be interesting to see in a year's time. And also, you know, bias, I'd like to see, know what that looks like for EMEA specifically, um, because I do think there's more MOPs leaders in the U.S., um, but I do think it's a, yeah, I do think it's um, a positive upward trend that we and hopefully we'll continue to see it okay great stuff i'm, I'm going to move on from that one because i think that's, that's useful but I, I think i'm not sure we can too much more talk about that one and what i'm going to do is ask the next question um to andrea um if that's okay and this has come from ben murphy again uh, so ben got a great question to follow up your first one and ben asks should data analytics roles including segmentation sales etc sit in mops or in the digital marketing team so it's a it's a kind of a yeah where does mops end and digital marketing begin or the other way around how, how mm -hmm. what do you think does it is the answer it depends I mean, it's always going to be, it depends. It depends on the organization and the climate um, within. And um, so I think that there's always some, some room for that. But generally, I would say that um, the role of, um, of segmentation, of um, focusing on your sales and marketing pipeline um, and um, making sure that you've got your, um, your data um, in, in a proper, um, um, highly usable um, format that absolutely that that would sit in mops and it really is enabling um digital marketing your digital marketing is going to be creating quite a bit of data that you're that you're responding to but i think it's really in the mops remit to make sure that everything is set up in a way that you are intaking and you're outputting data in a very logical and structured manner that somebody owns that um that architecture and they own the quality for it and typically we do see that that sits in the um, in the MOPS um, organization, um, we also definitely see where sales and marketing alignment, which is going to you know be underpinned by your um, your sales force, your CRM, um, and your your marketing um, marketing um, um, automation, um, and all of your other various um, components. That those absolutely sit squarely in um, in marketing ops, and that's where MOPS really is is um, you know, 
tasked with working with their cross um, cross their their counterparts across the aisle in sales to make sure that they do have a very seamless process um, back and forth um, between the sales and the marketing organizations that they're each um, helping each other and sending sending information back with new signals for the other organization to to respond to. Thank you, Andrea. And just Simon, I want to push that one at you. And is there a is part of these are some of these functions, some of these responsibilities, digital marketing to mops in time? Is that a practical reality? You know, do our most when a mops function is created, does it necessarily have all of these things? I and mean, we've kind of talked about it kind of emerging sometimes out of marketing automation. And I guess that and, and it, I, I would imagine that it might abilities and more clout over time. Is that a good hypothesis? Yeah, I certainly think that's a good hypothesis in, in the sense of, as you say, um, more responsibilities accumulate to, to marketing operations over time. Um, once the, the function's created, that, that's absolutely my experience. You, you tend to sort of pick things up or um, people start saying, you know what, I don't know why I'm looking after, you know, whatever it might be, the website or the event platform um, or um, something new comes along and, and, some, and the, the decision is made, why don't we get marketing operations to, to look after this? It seems the logical thing to do. So, yeah, I, I certainly think that happens. Um, more, more broadly, um, there's no such thing as a perfect organization, just a perfect organization of the resources that you have and um, the, the, the skills and the individuals and the context and so on is what is going to determine exactly where things fit. Interestingly enough, looking at these particular um, aspects, I would say they fit fairly firmly in, in, in marketing operations. Um, I was having a, a similar discussion um, the other day, and where it starts getting a little uh, more complicated is things like um, particularly web platforms, um, CMSs or, or digital experience platforms, um, and, and maybe aspects of, uh, of analytics and uh, digital analytics um, as, as to whether they should sit in marketing operations or in a digital team or, or a web team or what have you. And like I say, it, it partly comes down to um, what makes sense just for, for the particular organization. I've had responsibility for web. Um, I know marketing operations roles that, that don't have that responsibility. Um, well, all I would say is that if we agree that marketing operations has um, responsibility for marketing technology and that things like CMS, analytics, um, even even CRM um, are marketing or um, sales technologies, then m marketing operations needs to either own them or have oversight or at least some sort of dotted line um, responsibility and um, veto, if you like, because otherwise um, you, you run the risk of technologies you know perhaps perhaps particularly web platforms being brought in unconnected to the rest of the stack um and, and that's when chaos ensues okay and that's and that's precisely what marketing operations is designed to avoid i would suspect so uh, so so yeah we need exactly. to guard against that um uh, I'm going to move, I'm going to kind of pick up the pace a little bit in terms of the question because we've got loads of questions. It's fantastic. This is from somebody called Tassis. Tassis, I'm really sorry. Sousa, I apologize if I haven't pronounced your name correctly. I'm, I'm, I really apologize for that. Um, the question is, is MOPS under teams called marketing excellence or is this also separate in organizations? Have you, is marketing excellence a, um, a, a kind of a, a team or a function title you're familiar with? Have you seen that around and how does that, how might that relate to MOPS? 
We have we have seen that, and um, I think um, in terms of you know a center of excellence, uh, you know I think that any organization could say that they've got a, a center of excellence. Um, but but within MOPS or outside of MOPS, I think that the remit um, of just looking to see where um, where are you finding um, the most optimized um, processes, where are you seeing. Um, the um, you know things um, just ultimately um, performing best, and then how do you roll that out to other parts of the organization? We particularly see this in in quite large um, companies where one group or you know just um, set of people has responsibility for understanding what is the best of the best, and then how do we roll that up and enable other parts of the organization to leverage those same processes. Um, or that technology in in a similar manner. Um, I would say that um, we see it um, that certainly the function of um, best practices tends to live in in MOPS. Whether you've got a center of excellence that is separate from that or or part of MOPS, um, I think just ultimately depends on the organization um, and whether they can um, whether they can support that. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Thank you. And I, I can see the logic in that. Just briefly to Holly, have you seen this as a function, a description of a function that in, in any of your clients or companies you work with? And how does it work with alongside MOPS? No, I haven't really. So a <laughs> short answer. Um, not, I haven't really got experience of working with companies where they have got sort of a marketing excellence team or named it as such. Okay. Okay, well, that's that's fair enough. Um, when we, in that case, we shall move on. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read the next question instead, which is from Lucy Goodwin from Averson Young. Lucy said, I'm just starting a marketing operations role. My company's never had one before, and it will be good to know from the panel what they think I should focus on first. Great question, Lucy. That's exactly what I want to hear from someone who's starting out. Um, Holly, what, what do you think about that? What should Lucy focus on first? Um, so I would say start off with, you know, what, what is the company trying to achieve? Uh, what what are the goals, the primary goals for this year? Um, and then try to identify what the gaps are. So the priorities of the marketing team and what are the gaps with where you are now. I'm a big advocate of not trying to run. It's the whole crawl, walk, run. I think just if they've not had this role before, you, you just need to focus right now on getting the foundations in. So aligning to the goals, what the business is trying to do, and also trying to uncover first any big issues that are real blockers at the moment for how the how the business is running. So key issues that are causing problems. And also, have you got the right, you know, again, foundational, but have you got the right tech and processes in place now to achieve those goals, to achieve where you need to be at the end of this year? I should probably add resources to that. You know, do you need to hire people or get additional support to be able to achieve what you do? Even and setting those expectations. You know what? We're not going to be running by the end of this year. We are going to be. This is where we're going to get to, and then next year we'll build on that. So I think really setting those expectations that you are having a foundational year is probably would be my advice. Okay, fantastic, Holly. Thank you for that. Very wise words. I'm going to say to Tom. Uh, sorry to. Uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to say to Simon and to Andrea, anything to add to that? If you don't, it's, if Holly's captured it brilliantly, we've got loads of other questions to go on to. So, Simon, anything to add? Any, any further comments? Uh, no? on, only, I mean, did, did absolutely agree, obviously, with everything Holly said. O only to add, just, just take stock. Um, 
look look at what you've got, look at the, the situation, talk to your colleagues, understand the issues they're facing. Um, that enables you to determine the situation that you're facing and what you've got. Um, and then you can create a plan. Um, and then that's what you should take forwards, just really as, as Holly was uh, describing. Okay, fantastic. Andrea, any, any other observations? No, I um, think that they've they've covered it. I would just say, yay, go Lucy, because that's such an exciting exciting opportunity yeah. for her. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the fold, Lucy. And that sounds much better from an American than it does from a British person. So, so yay, go Lucy. It's, that's, that's, it's, yeah, it's just a natural enthusiasm to come from that. So um, I can finally read Trish. I rearranged my screens. I can read Trish's comment. And it's, more, it's, it's a comment rather than the question. Trish says, I think MOPS exists in organizations who have strong alignment and appreciation of sales and marketing and whose marketing function are more commercially minded and brand and comms focused. I mean, I think that's possibly the, possibly the case. Any of the panel want to disagree with that, just to be controversial, or, or, you, or, you, or you think Trish has got it right? If the answer is no, I, that's fine. I wouldn't it's disagree. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. It's an interesting observation. I couldn't even say I'd thought about it quite in that way myself. But, but certainly from a, from a process point of view, where perhaps leads and funnel and pipeline and metrics and reporting and, and all those things are, are super important, then maybe that's when MOPS you know, finds its place, which isn't to say that it couldn't in other organizations. But perhaps, again, that goes back to the definition and, and the priority that the businesses put on marketing operations. Yeah. Okay. The only thing that I would add to that is ultimately that MOPS is really needed in organizations where maybe that sales and uh, marketing alignment is not so strong. Um, and mm. that's where MOPS you know, really can come in and help to be that change agent. And I think that that leadership is one thing that we really see differentiated um, in our clients that when, um, when marketing has um, leadership that is willing to go in and really push a change agenda um, particularly when it is crossing um, crossing divides between sales and marketing or IT and marketing, that that's where we really tend to see our clients differentiate themselves from top performers to um, to medio more mediocre performers. It's the the ones who really have a handle on change management that tend to succeed um, more. Yeah, are you driving change? Are you are you a, or are you delivering change that's been specified somewhere else? Um, which is Absolutely. yeah, it's an interesting distinction to make. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go on to the next question, um, and, and I think it's a point where I'm going to say to the panelists, you have a I'm trying to rattle through it a bit quicker. So if you've got a point to make uh, to add to anything I've asked, then please raise your hands. I know that you want to come in. Otherwise, I don't want to pick up on you. We don't have anything to say. Um, Robert Nicholson again, another great question from Robert. Thank you, Robert. Robert asks, and I'm going to direct this one at Holly. Um, if that's okay. Robert says, with marketing operations, are other ex others experiencing the ability to reduce headcount in other marketing teams, i.e. Everyone doesn't need an email marketer anymore. So, is is um, have you, are you seeing this? Is this kind of marketing operations as a kind of a streamline rationalization? Dare I say, cost cutting exercise? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Um, I see it sort of more the opposite that uh, marketing operations teams growing and adding more sort of skill sets as um, we're you know supporting more processes and more technologies. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just that it's not something that I've seen yet. Okay, interesting. Simon, have you seen that? No, I haven't seen headcount reduced um, in, in favor of marketing operations. I mean, certainly I've sort of moved people into marketing operations teams, um, but that hasn't necessarily led to a, a, an actual reduction in headcount elsewhere. Um, and I think, again, it, it comes down to sort of what the rest of the marketing uh, function is doing. Um, marketing operations could could in, incorporate uh, an email marketer, um, but equally, 
um, again, depending on the scale of the business, um, you know, an entire person just for doing email marketing seems a bit of an indulgence unless you're you're a very big uh, sort of marketing function. Um, but certainly, marketing or, or uh, operations might have um, some kind of specialist who's um, you know running the marketing automation platform, guiding and advising uh, frontline marketers on on um, building and executing email campaigns and so on. So it's more a function of moving the, the resources into the place that makes makes most sense. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a, yeah, email, market, one, email marketers, obviously a lot of spraying and praying still going on from the sound of things. Um, uh, Andrea, anything to add to this? If no, that's fine. No. <laughs> no. Okay, good stuff. Right, well, this next question, we've asked for it because we I said earlier on, we all said, well, all, well, I say we, I mean you. I know I'm deferring responsibility to the panel and, and abdicating my own responsibility, which is obviously a wonderful general, general thing for a host to do. Um, uh, Vip Patel from Domino says, it's a data question. We all, you know, there was going to be a consensus that marketing ops should be responsible for data. So here it comes. Um, with, the, with, the, with the pending UK GDPR split coming from the EU in the next five months and further data restrictions in Brandenburg, Germany, what is the panel's view on third-party cookie data usage? Well, there you go. That's, that's um, a good old data question. And I appreciate this. It's quite a technical one, so it might not be appropriate to ask the panel. But does anybody, Simon, do you, do you have any insight or observations on that? Well, my, my only observation would be that third-party cookies are, are dead or, or at least dying. So you might as well work on the basis now that, that they're gone and, and start thinking about what you're going to do about it. Um, obviously, it, it in large part comes down to what, what sort of um, digital activity you're doing and, and whether you're doing a lot of paid and um, a, a lot of kind of remarketing and that kind of thing. Um, but there are solutions becoming available now um, that, that will replace third-party cookies. But, um, yeah, put simply, they're gone. Find another solution. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, very, that's a very succinct response. Holly, any thoughts on that one? Nothing to add. Nothing to add, great stuff. I think it'd be I think it'd be a bit, bit cruel to ask Andrea very basically she's based in based in Los Angeles about German um uh, in, implications of GDPR. Um uh unless you want to tell me I'm wrong, uh, Andrea, but I'll I'll skip over you unless you're you know you're happy about that. That's good. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> We've got an understanding going. That's good to hear. Um, and another um a kind of a another contribution from Ben uh, Ben at GFK. Thank you, Ben. Ben makes the point, a newer title in marketing these days is Marketing Chief of Staff, supporting the CMO across a number of areas covered by MOPS. Does the panel feel it's the one and the same or different? Andrea, have you heard of a Marketing Chief of Staff? I haven't. And where I have seen Chief of Staff um, in other, you know, C-level roles that have a Chief of Staff, it's more about the gatekeeper who is really responsible for keeping... Um, you know, helping to make make efficient decisions. So keeping a wrap on, you know, what is the um, the, the C-suite strategy, but also um, what's the information that they're getting in order to to make decisions. So I see them more as an organizing, um, prioritizing, and, and throttling um, role. I've not seen that in marketing ops. Okay, um, thank you, Andrea. Simon, have you seen that? Have you heard of that? Does it seem logical? Certainly, to you? yeah. Cer certainly, the the notion of 
um, marketing operations or head of marketing operations being the chief of staff to the CMO is is not new to me. I've, I've heard that suggested. And I'll always say that marketing operations should sit at the top table. Um, again, in, in bigger marketing functions, if there's a marketing leadership team comprising of, you know, heads of, of demand gen and digital and, and creative and so on, then MOPS should, should be there. Um, but I, I hesitate to suggest that MOPS in any ways elevated above that. Um, the, the, the idea of, of MOPS being the kind of right-hand person to, to the CMO, there, there's something to that, but um, I, I find that the overall notion of a chief of staff a, a bit, a bit um, overblown, really. Um, I, I think CM, uh, sorry, MOPS should, should kind of stick in its lane and, and, and do what it does. And um, the, the coordination and so on that that entails um, might be seen in some respects to be a, a chief of staff-like function. Um, but, you know, the, the chief of staff that I have in my mind is, uh, is Leo McGarry in the West Wing, and, and that's definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put yourself down, Simon, honestly. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, just going to see if Holly's got an input on it. I mean, is it, if you're just to, I mean, I'm going to almost ask you to challenge Simon, which is a bit mean of me, but you know, if, if you're yeah. doing all these things, if you're kind of um, responsible for so much of what marketing does um, and, and pulling it together and being the bridge, does that you know, inevitably make you put you in quite a good position to, to be on the ladder to future, to future career opportunities? You know, you, because you, you know, you've got a handle on everything, that means you're, you could go, or, or is, is that kind of the leadership at a genuine CMO level that kind of requires something else, which is almost not the same as the skills you need to be a great ops person. I think that um, it's one of those things where there's always going to be new job titles for, same, for the same roles. So if it's a, if this is supposed to be to, to uh, you know a, ro a more senior role, um, sort of the equivalent of CMO, that's interesting. I don't see that right now. I see that um, it could be an interesting growth and you know growth opportunity for people in marketing operations. I can't see it happening for a few, you know, quite a few years. I mean, there's other functions have been talking about getting a, a role on the board for years, and I, you know, I can't see marketing operations moving up towards um, that level, unfortunately, for a while. Um, I think that I, I just think it could be just um, another name for an existing you know, head of marketing operations role. So I'm probably quite cynical about it as it stands. I mean, let's face it, it wouldn't be the first time that marketing as, as a profession has rebranded something that already existed and not changed it at all, just giving it a new sexy title and then, and then, and then exactly. try to make it assert the world, yeah. And it probably won't be the last either, will it? Let's face it. Yeah. No, okay. Good, we've all got healthy degree of cynicism. I'm glad we're all on, on, on message about that one. Um, Robert Nicholson has, has um, put another comment and just agreed, Simon, with your, with your earlier um, observation about his question. Um, yes, he says more demand centre of basic brand, basic building stuff, um, and, and thank you for that. Um, got a question from uh, from Morley Chiani. Um, Morley asks, I essentially work as a digital marketing specialist, but a big part of my job is analytics for all kinds of platforms, working to ensure Martech platforms are in place, defining sales and market pipeline stages. So it's very safe to say that I'm more moving towards marketing ops. So um, Morley, is, it sounds like Lucy, one of those people who who is new to the profession, new to the, the, the discipline, um, and, 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 and definitely going in that direction. So um, it's good to hear people doing that kind of stuff. Um, not really a question, more a statement there. Um, I mean, we, we'd, 
almost the end of our time, but I wanted to just to say, and anybody's got a last minute question, don't miss out. We had some really great questions today. Um, I guess um, um, uh, I want to try to kind of ask the ask the panel to wrap up on one of the one of the questions I posed them a long time ago, which they prepared for, and then have obviously now completely ignored for the rest of the afternoon. But perhaps we could kind of go back to that. I mean, my, I'm going to ask my kind of. Uh, kind of closing question, which is, in one word, what's the secret to MOPS? I'm going to ask Simon first. So, you know, I appreciate it. It's obviously, it's obviously a difficult question to ask, but that's why I've asked it. So one, what one word would you say is the secret to MOPS success? Collaboration. <clears throat> Very good. Well, um, and it's hard to argue with that, given what we've had the conversation we've had today. Um, Holly, what would you say your one word was? I'm not sure I can dis I don't think I can disagree with Simon. I think he's already picked the best one. Um, I'll, go I'll go tenacity. Collaboration, tenacity. And Andrea, what about you? Are you going to agree or are you going to throw it out the window and say something completely different? I'm going to say that it's results. Results. Okay. Yeah. Collaboration, tenacity and results. That's, um, that's great. Well, and there's a, I, I, it's, again, it's very hard to argue with any of those things. It, it, it's very clear that all those things are really, really important. Um, we're just wrapping up, closing up on our time here. Before I, um, I, I thank the panel and say goodbye, I wanted just to mention earlier on about our Get Stacked event, um, which is our annual conference focused on all aspects of MarTech and marketing operations. We have a dedicated stream on marketing operations. We have some fantastic content about marketing ops specifically. So if you're interested in this, you've really got to go to that. And there's, and there's a free registration available right now. Simon is going to be presenting on the first day, talking about revealing the results of our first, our first MOPS um, survey, marketing operations survey and we've got some fascinating insights about what about the maturity and the state of marketing operations and we're going to be talking about we're going to be revealing our um, our competency matrix for marketing operations we're talking about that later in the day we've also got Daryl Alfonso who is a marketing operations leader um, at, um, at AWS he's speaking in the afternoon so he's absolutely worth tuning in for um, Holly um, Holly's going to be speaking too about innovation. Um, so um, in, in, in marketing technology, which is fascinating, which will obviously you know, impinge on marketing ops. Um, and we've got Laura Sloan, who is a marketing operations leader at PwC in the UK. And she's going to be, she won marketing operations team of the year last year at our, our um, uh, Get Our MarTech Awards. Um, so she's going to be talking about what they did to win that, how they won that, what success it was. So, so really, you look at, you're interested in marketing operations. You must be, you should be rubbing your hands together with glee about all the exciting things you've got in store for there. So I hope you can join us there. Um, there is a, if you, if you um, search Get Stacked, or there'll be a link in the resources function. Um, you can, we can uh, get you signed up for a ticket to that. Um, I hope you can enjoy joining us for that. Um, so I wanted to just to, just to, return to say thank you very much to our panel. Um, been absolutely fantastic today. Um, thank you for your tolerance and patience with the, um, uh, with the kind of technology being slightly or suboptimal this afternoon, but thank you so much for your insights. They've been absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate you taking time to be part. So, so thank you to all of you. Um, and, um, and thank you very much to all the audience who've been, who've joined, who've tuned in today. Um, and I hope you can be where you can watch this on demand afterwards as well. And we're hoping to distribute a, to make a, um, a podcast of this available after the, after the fact, assuming the audio is good enough and who knows, quite frankly, given what we've been through. Um, so thanks guys. Thank you very much panelists. Really appreciate, uh, Simon, Holly, Andrea, you've been brilliant today. Much appreciated. Hope you can join us again for another, another B2B marketing webinar very soon. Goodbye and good afternoon.